leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Scientists can understand individual tumors at a molecular basis, but clinicians don't yet routinely profile and treat cancers based on this knowledge. Strat Oncology, with drug developers as its customer, is providing tumor profiling to cancer patients in the hopes of directing them into appropriate clinical trials. We spoke to Dan Rhodes, co-founder and CEO of Strata about the state of precision medicine. Strata's business model, which works around the often difficult issue of reimbursement for in vitro diagnostics, and the company's long-term plan for building a commercial diagnostics business. Dan, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. It's good to be here. We're going to talk about precision medicine, strata oncology, and the company's efforts to make the genetic profiling of tumors routine and drive advances in cancer care. It it seems we're at this point where there is a gulf between what we're capable of doing from a science and technology point of view and what we're doing in clinical practice. We we understand cancer from a, a genetic and molecular basis, but how routinely are cancer patients actually having their tumors profiled and clinicians making treatment decisions based on that? Yeah, this is a fantastic question, uh, and I agree with your, your, your premise that uh, the, the technology and the science has advanced tremendously, but, but we're not seeing that uh, as routine as we'd like in clinical practice. Anecdotally, uh, across our health system network, we think before we got involved, uh, on average, somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of uh, advanced cancers are, uh, are uh, getting next-generation sequencing, comprehensive molecular testing, uh, but the vast majority are not. This is uh, consistent with data from uh, Foundation Medicine where they've uh, indicated that their belief is that about 15% of advanced cancers are, are getting next-generation sequencing-based molecular profiling. Another 20% or so are, uh, are getting single-marker molecular testing, but still the majority of patients are, are getting no molecular testing. And why is that? This is a good question. I think there are a couple of factors at play. Uh, in our experience, the, the most important factor is uh, a physician's 
perception of clinical utility. So does the doctor believe that this test is required for treatment decision-making for the patient that they're uh, caring for? Um, I, I think we've turned a corner in lung cancer where uh, the, the clinical utility of uh, next-generation sequencing for routine care decisions uh, has been established across a number of markers and a number of therapies, but still uh, some physicians opt for a uh, you know, one-at-a-time uh, single-marker testing uh, instead. In other tumor types, um, there's often only a single marker required for testing, and many physicians will opt to do just that single marker test instead of a more comprehensive test. So I think it's really belief in in the clinical utility of more broad-scale molecular profiling. Now, what we've seen is, and what we what our business enables is expanded clinical utility from molecular profiling uh, in terms of eligibility for new promising uh, clinical trials. So, so our view is that you know, even though to, to you know, operate in the standard of care realm, uh, a, a comprehensive next-generation sequencing test may not be required. Our view is that it's still the right thing to do for the patient, both to support those standard of care decisions, but also to identify uh, potential clinical trial opportunities. But that is not uh, that is not the mainstream belief across uh, medical oncologists uh, in the United States and certainly uh, in in the community setting. What's the case to make for this being a way to transform cancer care and improve outcomes? Right. Well, the, the, the case uh, is really not now beginning to be made with uh, really landmark drug approvals that are approved not by tumor type, but by uh, molecular alteration. And a really good example is uh, these relatively rare um, but important NTRAC gene fusions. Uh, so these NTRAC gene fusions now have two targeted therapies approved, uh, larotrectinib and entrectinib, both of these therapies have, have been shown to have really remarkable patient outcomes across the whole range of tumor types. So, so this is really the first uh, genetic marker-based drug approval that, that spans all tumor types. So uh, we would make the case that uh, now for every single patient, um, every single advanced cancer patient, uh, a, a comprehensive molecular profile that includes NTRAC gene fusion testing um, is uh, is important and, and required. And, and while the opportunity is is small, um, there is a small opportunity, a small probability, I should say, that an individual patient uh, would be positive. The potential clinical benefit, if the patient is positive, um, is huge. So I think we need more drug approvals like those. Um, that span tumor type and require uh, genetic testing to uh, to compel physicians to make this part of r- routine care. That that's part A of my answer. Part B is uh, we we need to do a better job of making promising investigational therapies uh, available to advanced cancer patients through clinical trials. And and there are dozens of uh, clinical trials ongoing 
specifically targeting uh, molecular alterations. And, and so if a, if a physician does not do comprehensive molecular profiling, then that, that physician and their patient never know if the patient was potentially positive for one of these new emerging markers for which there is a promising investigational therapy uh, available. And that's really where we've been focused at Strata, uh, to really couple the treatments with the testing so that, so that we're not testing to no end. And, and so we've worked very hard to put together a portfolio of these uh, molecularly targeted clinical trials and, and make them available at the health systems at which we're advocating to test all advanced cancer patients with comprehensive next-generation sequencing. Well, let's talk about Strata. What was the opportunity you saw when you founded the company? Yeah, so we, we've, we've, hit it, we've hit on it a, a bit already. That The opportunity that I saw was that uh, still the minority of patients, despite you know, fantastic technology and great opportunity for patients and for drug development, the majority of patients uh, were not being tested with comprehensive molecular profiling. And at the same time, uh, pharma companies were struggling to enroll uh, precision oncology clinical trials targeting sometimes rare molecular alterations. Um, so, so that's one set of, uh, of pharma companies. I think another set of pharma companies um, have, have perhaps avoided these types of clinical investigations altogether because of, uh, of, of a belief of uh, impracticality. So um, seeing sort of two sides of, of, of that same problem, and really like this, this catch-22, that the pharma aren't developing drugs the way they should be because patients aren't being tested uh, routinely. And, and from the patient perspective, patients aren't getting the opportunity that, that they should to have this comprehensive test and, and the opportunity to be treated with these new, uh, sometimes breakthrough, investigational therapies. So, so that was the opportunity in the market that we saw, and, and, and we uh, formed the company with the belief that if we could build a network of health systems who together uh, we, we were offering routine uh, comprehensive molecular profiling to all advanced cancer patients coupled with a portfolio of clinical trials, uh, we could create enormous value for those patients and those health systems really elevating their, uh, their level of care. And at the same time, uh, we could create uh, a really streamlined, efficient opportunity for pharma companies to advance these new promising investigational medicines in the right patient subpopulations. What's the business model? Who's the customer, and how does Strata derive revenue? Yeah, so the, uh, the pharma company is the customer. Uh, are the services that we provide to the health system uh, and to advanced cancer patients are, are offered free of charge under a clinical trial protocol called the Strata trial. So all of that, uh, all of that testing and, and data is provided um, uh, by part via participation in our uh, screening protocol, the Strata trial. The pharma company is the customer, and the, and the pharma company pays Strata um, to access uh, the data, but even more importantly, to access the network of health systems and to uh, leverage our uh, mechanisms to track patients and uh, identify patients uh, for potential enrollment and then aid the health system in 
in, in further screening that patient and considering uh, enrollment onto that pharma clinical trial. And what's the process for testing? You take me from patient to the delivery of results. Sure. So uh, this is very much like a traditional uh, molecular diagnostic. So a treating physician uh, places a test order through our uh, test ordering uh, portal. Um, the tissue is collected typically from the Department of Pathology and uh, put in a tissue collection kit uh, and shipped to our clinical laboratory here uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, we uh, average about seven business days turnaround time from sample receipt to report delivery. So that report is delivered back through uh, that, that physician portal uh, to the treating physician. And, and on that report includes uh, a comprehensive readout of the uh, tumor's molecular profile, as well as associated standard care therapies and clinical trials. Uh, that are relevant based on that patient's uh, molecular profile. Given that this is taking place under the umbrella of a clinical trial, what kind of consents are patients required to make and who controls the data and what can be done with it? Yes. So all of the the, the uses of the data, the spirit of the protocol, which is really to understand the impact of widespread system, uh, systematic uh, molecular profiling and to enable um, and facilitate the enrollment of uh, partnered precision trials. All of the, the, those uses of the data and, and that protocol um, are, are clearly spelled out in that IRB-approved protocol. Uh, the consent form also uh, details out those uses of the data. So, so we, Strata, have permission uh, to use that data to facilitate a clinical trial enrollment. And what do you do with the data beyond that? I mean, is there an opportunity to monetize that in some other ways? Yes, good question. So our business model is, is not to monetize the data directly. So, so we have no products that license or make that data available um, outside of Strata. Um, uh, with the exception of providing reports to our pharmaceutical company partners on uh, the, the the numbers and the frequency of, of their targeted molecular alteration. We do, though, have uh, a robust uh, internal initiative um, to leverage the data we've collected to devise new drug development hypotheses. So, so, so we might mine the data uh, to look at biomarker profiles and come up with hypotheses about how targeted or immunotherapies could be used in specific patient populations. And then we use those insights to go drive new potential pharma uh, partnerships uh, that, that would bring their medicines into new potential molecular indications. So, so we're actively leveraging that data. Also, our uh, health system network has access uh, to this uh, uh, de-identified uh, data set to drive their internal research programs as well. So all of our health systems have full rights to the, the data set uh, that, that uh, arose from that system. But we also have a mechanism whereby our health system partners can uh, propose uh, analyses and, and, and research projects to leverage the collective data set. We have a mechanism to 
review those pro- protocols across our clinical advisory board and then uh, approve them for uh, execution. So, so the, the idea is um, to, to build a, a, a rich resource of, of data that, that can be used to drive uh, new research, and, and that's research, some of which is driven here internally at Strata, but, but also much of it is driven across our investigators in the network. In the network. The company began with a goal of recruiting 100,000 advanced cancer patients. The study was expected to be ongoing through April 2020. Is that the case? How many patients have you sequenced and how many have had genetic mutations amenable to a precision medicine? Yeah, uh, very important question. So we are at, um, we're at about uh, we, we, we've passed 15,000, closing in on 20,000 uh, patients tested to date. Um, now, the, um, the test volumes continue to increase month over month as we bring on new uh, participating health systems and, and also as health systems move from partial adoption of the protocol to full adoption uh, of the protocol. So, so we're seeing that rate increase. Uh, I suspect that um, the protocol will not be complete uh, by that initial uh, projection date. I think we were probably a little aggressive on how quickly um, we thought uh, our, our health system partners would be able to move to full adoption. Um, so so the, the, the ramp's been a little bit slower, um, and so I, I think we probably will be you know, w- well into 2021, maybe even early 2022 by the time uh, we reach 100,000. And how many patients have actually ended up in a clinical trial? I don't have those exact numbers, but I can tell you that uh, about 40% or so of our patients uh, either uh, match to an approved standard therapy. That, that's really uh, 5 or 10%. Uh, and then uh, uh, the, the, the remainder of that 40% uh, have a molecular profile that matches to a potential clinical trial. Now, a fraction of those clinical trials are those that we're partnered on. We've often partnered on uh, the very rare challenging alterations that are targeted by uh, promising targeted therapies. Um, so, so a subset of those clinical trial matches are, are our pharma partners that, that, that we're delivering through the, our portfolio, uh, the, these trials to the health system network. Um, another fraction, though, represent other clinical trials that our health system partners have active. For example, we're partnered with the National Cancer Institute on the MATCH clinical trial. Uh, this is an important government basket study. Um, we've, uh, we've matched a, a, a large number of patients onto the MATCH trial um, in addition to the patients that we've matched and enrolled onto our partnered pharma trial. Where do you go from here? What's the longer-term business plan once you fulfill the 100,000 patients? Do you just continue enrolling patients? Do you somehow morph to a more conventional diagnostic play? Yes. So, so right. So today, our, our primary business line is the pharma services business that I described. We are advancing our tests as a uh, NGS IVD companion diagnostic, uh, and so that will be offered commercially as a diagnostic product. Uh, d- depending on really reimbursement 
and, and, and when widespread reimbursement for this type of testing come, uh, c- comes online, that, that will really impact um, the, uh, the, the, the strata trial and the free no-cost testing and what happens after uh, the first 100,000 uh, patients. I anticipate that we'll continue to run uh, the strata trial. Either we'll expand the trial we have from 100,000 to 200,000 plus or, or do the next iteration of the trial. This will always be a core part uh, of, of our business, really leveraging sequencing data to drive uh, pharma uh, trial enrollment. But, but we'll supplement that then also with a, a commercial uh, companion diagnostic product. Uh, another area that we're moving as a business is we're taking a bigger hand in, in driving some of these drug development studies. In some cases, we're co-investing in studies that we believe uh, need to happen but, but haven't happened uh, uh, w- without our involvement. Um, so, so I could see us continuing to take a bigger hand in, in driving some of these therapeutic concepts um, in addition to getting the diagnostic product and then continuing to run the, the pharma trial services business. Dan Rhodes, co-founder and CEO of Strat Oncology. Dan, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure, Danny. Thank you uh, for having me, and it's great, great to be with you today. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.